sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. The average adult American goes throughout their entire workday without a meaningful interaction with another human being. And one of the simplest ways that we can live out our call to missionary discipleship is by intentionally interacting with the people that we bump up against on on an everyday basis. But how do we do that and why do we need to do that? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you may live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I am joined in studio for the first time uh, in like half a year by Emily Leadham. Hey, Emily. Hello, Christopher. So, Emily, guess what? What? Tell me. <clears throat> so, I did a little research before we recorded. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Should I be nervous? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. This is really good. So, okay. it's 2023. Yes, it is. This episode, which is episode 544 of Ignition, yeah. is... It's 2023, and this is your 23rd appearance. Is it really? On Ignition. How about that? The year 2023. You can't make that stuff up. Episode, uh, and this is your 23rd appearance. Your I've first. Been ap- for tw- I've been on 23 You've episodes been 23 of Ignition. Times. Two of those, uh, well, a few of the, your first episode uh, was November 6th of 2013-ish. Aww. Uh, Renee Leach. Do I sound like a baby? Uh, <laughs> I didn't listen to it, to be honest. I doubt you did. I'm sure you sound like a polished young woman. Um, so 10 years, because you've been with the diocese. 10 years. It'll be this 10 yeah, years this 10 year. Yeah, 10 years this, this, uh, this September. So, so I made a joke about that, yeah. by the way, and told Bishop that I was really, really excited for that 10-year bonus trip to oh, Mexico that's, yes, or something yes, yes. like that. And he looked at me like I was... What? Absolute crazy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right, right. crazy. I thought it was so funny. I think I pointed out that point that you were technically not with the diocese yeah, anymore. Yeah, it totally backfired. Think, yeah. They were like, uh, actually, she works at the Lord's Center, so she's not eligible. Whatever. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. so episode 155, November of 13, was your first, and we're at five, four, 155, 544. Like, 155, 544. Like, I don't know, that doesn't... Like, I love it when my... Okay, I've, I, I honestly okay. have no idea what you're talking episode about. Episode 155... Yes. Was your first appearance. Okay. So one and then number, repeat number. Yeah. One, five, five. Okay. This is episode five, four, four. Five, repeat number. I'm officially four, four. with you. Well, I'm not okay. as excited as you are, I, like, but, but I am you totally should with be, you. Though. <laughs> if you like are present to me right now, which is what we're going to be talking about shortly, you should be yes, just as so excited. Yes, I am so open. That with... is really, really fantastic, Chris. Tell me more about your heart. I'm ready to listen and receive all <laughs> so, of who you Jermaine, are. So, Jermaine, my wife, is who you know. Um, like I'm, I'm the person who gets super excited with the odometer. Like when you get like the big zeros, like a thousand. That's interesting because you're not. I don't. You don't strike me as a numbers person. Oh yeah. So this is. I mean, you knew me pre. pre no, you don't know me post. You know me post. Uh, like. Yeah, I'm waving. I'm waving. We're, we're doing the breaststroke <laughs> we're, here. We're swimming. The, we're swimming. We're swimming. Uh, I, was, I was a meth and science guy in college. And I school. did not know that. Yeah, so calculistic number. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay. there's little, there's some undiagnosed OCD things that I'm always doing that are usually numbers Well, I knew based. that. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Executive Director of the Lord Center, Emily Little, everybody. Thanks for being on. Good to see you. Take care, everybody. No, we're, uh, we got about like 25 minutes to go. So... 
with that completely, this is this is a good podcast. I don't know about radio, but this is a good podcast. Yeah, I'm feeling is... good about this this rambling, inane conversation. You know how much I love a ramble. <laughs> so how about the hook, though? I thought uh, that was a you I saw you nodding on the right? Nailed so, it. So this is something that I've been talking yeah. about for a while. So in the context <laughs> yeah, of missionary it. discipleship, people are people think of to be a missionary means I got to talk to people, cold call. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's much more, or well, it can be that, but there are so many ordinary everyday yeah. things we can do. And one of them is to simply see, really see, not like in a weird way, but just yeah. be present to the people, whether it's our, our, our family members, spouses, kids, or the grocery store checkout. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I know that that I had asked you about a topic mm-hmm. to talk about today, and you had the one in mind as you were describing this. Like, oh my gosh, this whole this reality that the average yes. American goes throughout their workday yes. without a meaningful interaction. Yeah, I think is is exactly what you're going to be talking about today with us. Yeah, I think you launched um, in the intro so beautifully into really my heart and where I started to become interested in this topic of uh, basically of affirmation mm-hmm. and and I'll put a lot of you know flesh on that but I don't mean affirmation in the sense of like oh good job with the intro Chris right, right. I really mean in that sense of being an affirming presence to another human being being a person that can receive the other yep. uh, essentially and I mean you see this all over the gospels um, but increasingly in the last I would say in the last maybe six months or so, just through a, a couple of kind of key interactions that I've had with um, with people in my life, I've started to see, recognize, notice the ways in which um, a lot of people are not doing well. Mm. A lot of people are mm-hmm. not doing well. Mm-hmm. They feel disconnected. They feel uh, separate <clears throat> from others. They feel unseen, unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a myriad of things. There's a whole spectrum of this experience for individuals. And part of it is, you know, I, as you said, I'm the executive director of the Lord Center, a primarily, a primary um, thing that we do is mental health counseling. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of one-on-one counseling work with people. Um, and so we just get to be on the receiving end of people that are ready to do the work to figure out, okay, what do I need to be, to be flourishing, to be thriving? And this is a theme that comes right. up is um, especially as people start to explore, maybe look at some of their childhood experiences or um, key experiences, high school, early young adulthood. Uh, there's there's a common theme that's coming forward of places in which people are experiencing unlove right. um, or a lack of affirmation. And that has a real impact uh, that has a real impact on the human person. And there's lots of, you know, fascinating kind of psychological studies that you can look at that show this, you know, even infants from early on that are separated from uh, adult uh, contact or something mm-hmm. like that, like the children f- fail to thrive. Um, so there's a real need that we have to be seen, to be known, to be recognized by the other. And I think uh, in the world in which we live in today, this is just becoming more and more prevalent. Yeah, you um, disconnected unseen and unknown. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, things that I've looked at from my perspective as uh, in, in discipleship formation, uh, that's being borne out by study after study after study. Like again, the, the, the stat that I gave at the beginning, most of us don't have a meaningful interaction through most of our work day, yes. which yes. is just 
Yeah, your heart breaks for, I mean, we have so much abundance, but not an abundance of affirmation mm-hmm. uh, in that more authentic sense that you spoke to. And you also used it. So it, it, we have an experience of unlove. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what struck me about that is I, I would assume um, th- that's distinct from like hate. We're not talking about, it's it's not just an experience of being hated. Most people don't have that, thanks be to God, but even un- being unloved. Yes. Yeah, it's so a lot of this, um, you know, I said I've I've started to kind of grow in my interest of this topic. And one of the things that I read, I'm really I'm a a student of this topic right now because I'm just I'm interested in it. And um, but one of the things that I read um, and I have it with me, it's called Born Only Once. It's Conrad Bars, um, who's a a really remarkable Catholic psychologist. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, His daughter now uh, has kind of taken up some a lot of his work and is present in, you know, common Catholic um, uh, books and conferences and that kind of thing, Suzanne Bars. Um, but he writes about um, really his, his whole topic or this whole book is about affirmation and kind of healing the unaffirmed essentially and um, looking at people who are struggling on, on a various spectrum of emotional deprivation disorder. And he talks about that experience of unlove as some sort of denial Anybody who has experienced this kind of lack of affirmation at the heart of it is this common theme of a denial. And that can be direct as in you are not good. Uh, you know, go away from me. I don't like you. You're a terrible person, blah, blah, blah. That can be that's a very direct denial or it can be indirect. And I fa- I mean, I was really convicted reading some of his his descriptions of indirect denial. I was very convicted as a mother. Mm. Um thinking, oh man, there's so many times where in my failure to really love my children, I'm never going to love my children perfectly. You're never going to love your children perfectly, your spouse, anything like that. Um, But just becoming more deeply aware of the places that I need to grow in my ability to love. But like some of his examples of of indirect uh, denial are ignoring another, you know, uh, so walking the other way in the hallway, something like that, drawing attention to another person's faults, belittling, back biting, gossiping, unwarranted or tactless criticisms, mm-hmm. ingratitude, mm-hmm. which really struck me, uh, being too busy when the other person needs you. I mean, mm-hmm. that's when I, a uh, uh, real conviction came up as, you know, honey, I'm trying to make dinner. Or I need to get the laundry done or I need to do this, this, and this, but mom, I just want to read a book. You know, right. mommy, mommy, can we read this book? Can we play this game? Um, another one that really struck me, not allowing the other to cry or show anger or other emotions. And we are so good at this in, in Western civilization, by the way, like I look, I look at grief. If you look at the way that Americans respond to grief, as opposed to the way that African people respond to grief, like the funerals look vastly different. Mm. African, African individuals, there's often, there's wailing and there's, I mean, there's a real boisterous uh, grieving process and that's, really good. I think, I think that's really actually helpful and healthy. Um, Americans, we think, Oh, just keep it together. You can do this. Right. Keep right. it together. Yep. You're not, okay, I know you're, oh, she's not handling that well. Right. Right. We don't allow each other to grieve. And, and in a sense, that's this certain form of denial of, um, that's, that's really contributing on a deep level, I think to societal, um, just discontent and feeling, like I said earlier, unknown, unseen, unloved, because there's not space for our real emotions to come forward. So how did you get, why, why is this so uh, interesting to you? Why have you been, become a student of this? 
in the last six months, I get the wife. <laughs> um, if you could no, say it in a question. generic way. No, no, no. no. It's, it's, a, it's a good question. It's a good question. Um, I think um, in part, I just, I, I had an experience with, um, with somebody in my life that I just kind of kept on running into this wall with mm. of like, I just don't understand what's happening yep. here. Yep. Like this real need for um, affirmation and kind of some insecurity that was coming out in them. And, um, I, and so I, I started to wonder like, what's at the core of that? Actually, I can think of two people probably in the last five years that yep. I've kind of seen this or noticed this. And, um, and I just started to, also, this is connected but separate. I started to notice that in a lot of um, Myers Briggs or um, Charism, uh, mm-hmm. the the Siena Institute Charism yep. um, stuff, or I don't know any of those like kind of personality sort of things, you start to see affirmation shows up in one way or another in almost all of them. Mm. It either shows up as a need. For particular personality types, I would say it's a need for all personality types, but it's heightened in in multiple, um, like INTJs, for example, or um, I can't remember E. I think I can't remember the other one that it's like rated as a as a high need mm. for them, sort of thing. So I started to just notice that um, people in the field were paying attention to the importance of affirmation, and I kind of started to wonder to what degree does this really have have power. And then in the therapeutic process, so I am not a, I'm not, I don't sit one-on-one with people, um, as a, as a one-on-one counselor, but a lot of the work that we do around healing, um, I just started to wonder what's the role of presence more than words, more than teaching, more than what we say, what's the role of presence. Uh, I went to a healing retreat the JP2 Healing Center puts on and Sister Miriam Hydland um, was one of the speakers. Sister Miriam to me has this presence mm-hmm. about her mm-hmm. that is healing in itself. I don't remember a whole lot of what she said, but her presence had healing power because people in the room knew that they were loved by her. And there was a great tenderness with which she approached them. I didn't. Even, I wasn't within, you know, five hundred feet of her. I'm in the very back of this huge, massive church, and experiencing right. in her a healing presence, a loving presence um, that I could have gone up and probably told her that I murdered somebody yesterday, and I would have been received. You know, she'd say, "Go, go to the police and all that too." <laughs> but like, I <laughs> and I didn't murder. She anybody. wouldn't affirm you. Good for you, right? Right. She wouldn't say like, "Oh, that's great." Yeah. Obviously, but in her presence, there's a healing um, because because she has that way of of affirming the other, not by words, but by presence. Um, so I, I, that's a long winded answer to your question of what kind of got me interested in this. But it's kind of been a series of ongoing. So it's interesting you bring up the importance of. Presence, and I, so I talked. I think at the opening, my just being present, truly present with other people. Uh, one of the things I don't know if I've said this out loud before. Well, to anybody but the Lord. Part of my daily prayer, Emily, is I pray that I will, can be more present, and I specifically name my wife and my kids, yeah. because I think that unfortunately, just the way life is structured these days, where 
in our era, um, and there's no easy solution to this, but where I spend, you know, uh, sort of my prime hours are at work. Yeah. And by the time I get home, you're done. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. And so I turn to things like, uh, YouTube or my phone distraction. or whatever distraction. Mm -hmm. And so I've really, for a lot, for months and months and months, maybe years, even at this point, just been praying for the grace to really be present to my wife and kids. Yeah. In addition to all the other people that yeah. I'm present with in, in my daily life. Have you seen fruit come from that prayer? Uh, I don't know if I have yet, to be honest. That doesn't mean there's not fruit, but have I seen the fruit? I don't know that I've seen the fr fruit yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a battle. Yeah. I, th yeah. I think it's a real battle and it's why it's a, it's a, you know, <laughs> saintly life is heroic. Heroic. Amen. There's a reason we call it heroic For virtue. virtue. Yep. Um, you know, to go against the grain or to go against the, the culture, uh, the culture of distraction, the culture yep. that we constantly yep. have things that are dinging or noise that's going on or whatever. Like it's very, very difficult. Yeah. Right. It's very, very difficult. And then two, um, the, the nature of just, um, almost like the polarization that of the world that we live in, I think like we, we have a very divisive, oh, right. yep. a very divisive world. Um, and, increasingly I'm starting to notice the way that that makes it just really difficult to really be present to people. You know, like we're just coming off of, we're just coming off of the holiday seasons. Yep. Um, I'm sure a lot of people listening had somebody at Christmas or Thanksgiving dinner that they were kind of nervous mm -hmm. to be in their family, mm -hmm. that they were kind of nervous to sit down at the table with right? because we have very differing views and it's, and you know, where once that was kind of normal and accepted and okay, now it's, it's very divisive. Yep. Um, so I think that makes it increasingly difficult to really be present to people, to really encounter, to not be distracted or to not, um, put up kind of walls or barriers around our own hearts because we're afraid. We're yep. often afraid of other people. Amen. Amen. So, yeah. Folks, if you're just tuning in and you're listening to Ignition, I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald talking today with Emily Leadham, Executive Director of the Lord's Center, about just the need to be present to, to others, to see them, and the power of presence in the context of the need that we all have for affirmation, as mm -hmm. you explained earlier, authentic affirmation. So Emily, we've got about 10 minutes left. I definitely want to, um, at some point before we're... Like, takeaways like what are some things that we can do to be better at being present to others in addition to simply praying <laughs> as i have been for a long time for the gift to be present but but before we get to takeaways i don't want to there's more groundwork that needs to be laid i want to make sure that you have the space and freedom to do so yeah i so appreciate that i think um i i think one of the the key um Oh, uh, ideas that really has resonated with me and we touched on it earlier is just that idea of denial and starting to pay attention to where are the places in my life that I am in an unhealthy way denying another. And by the way, that does not mean putting up boundaries. Mm -hmm. That does not mean uh, that we need to say yes to everything. Um, it's really more the way in which we are loving the other. So I think just my, my real desire for myself and for listeners is to start to really pay attention to where are those places, um, where, where I maybe am denying another, my wife, my, my husband, my children, uh, denying them the love that they deserve, not being completely present. Like we were talking about earlier. Um, and then I think at the heart of it is, um, we need to practice unconditional love. 
We need to really practice unconditional love, which is so hard. You know, we live in a world that's, I love you and I want you to blank. You know, and I do this to my husband all the time. Like, I love you so much. Will you get me a cup of tea? <laughs> right? Okay, so like, I, and I know that's a funny example. No, I know, but, I know, I know. But, but I, so I know that's a funny example, but is that really conditional love? Why, why is that? Or maybe, maybe you want to give a different example. Well, let, let me why think of a better example. Why is I mean, that's such a funny example because that's me like trying I to know, get what I want. I um, and I and I hopefully do. I mean, I do love my husband unconditionally. I thought you meant hopefully um, you do get you what you want, but I understand. <laughs> and hopefully I do. Okay. I was going to say hopefully I do get my cup of tea too. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of a better example. Um, I, I think of um, maybe a, a, a parent with a grown child mm. who um, they've just really, really, really struggled uh, with this child for whatever reason yep. um, that, oh, that's not a good example either. What's a good example of conditional love? Um, yeah. I mean, to play that out a little bit, say that say the child is um, like in the throes of a throes of addiction. There's, there's, two responses that the parent can have. They can either say, um, they can either continue to love their child in the middle of that, or they can kind of be like, whatever, I'm done. I'm over it. Mm. And, and distance themselves, not out of, not out of a boundary, but out of their own anger or frustration with their child. Does that make sense? I mean, that's not a great example either, but I'm struggling to come up with one. I'm sure I'll be laying in bed tonight and I'll come up with five, but (laughs) Um, but I think we, but I think we know that, or even like me as a mom and my girls, like, uh, with my girls, am I, um, am I only rewarding them and really loving them, uh, showing them, expressing my love to them when they do what I ask, brush your teeth, get your hair, uh, you know, hair brushed, yada, yada, yada. Or in the example that happened just a couple of days ago, my my sweet Mags, uh, Magdalene, had a full-on tantrum, chucked a ball at a wall, scared the heck out of me. So I, you know, Magdalene Jane, I brought her upstairs. My instinct was to yell, to say, you cannot do that. That is not allowed in our house. Um, and by the grace of God, I held her on my lap and we rocked. And I said, I'm here. Mm. I see you. We'll get through this together. I'm with you. And the calm that mm. set into the room was very different than had I put her in timeout, shut the door, and walked away. Mm. And I'm in like, I, and I don't know, like I don't know the answer to these things. Like I said, I am a student of this topic because I am trying to figure out right. what does this look like in the context right. of parenting or in the context of like healthy dynamics and relationships and. Like I said, in boundaries and, you know, it's not like, right. okay, yeah, Megs, go ahead and throw the ball at the right. wall again. <laughs> That's not it either. But, but am I like, is my presence unconditional? Yeah. I was thinking you, you, much earlier uh, in this episode, you give the example of, again, one of your girls, maybe um, you're in the middle of making dinner or whatever. Mommy, read the book. Like you can't literally yeah. put the ladle down necessarily. Maybe yes. you can. So sometimes, but I, I wonder if it's not. But how do I, like, do I just dismiss my child in that circumstance, right. or am I able to, while I'm stirring, just say, "Hey, sweetie, I, 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 
will definitely yes. read the book. I just can't right now because I'm yes. making dinner. So yes. I think maybe it's how the interactions unfold. 100%. And so often I'm like, nope, not right now. And, I, and I'm like busy, busy body sort of response. And it is dismissive as opposed to, I see you. I hear you. I would love to play that game with you. I'm going to set the timer for 20 minutes. And in 20 minutes, that's when I'll be ready to play the game or right. whatever, you right. know? Right. Um, I, and I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's complex, but I think it's so much as with any, as with all things, it's a disposition of the heart right. and really Conrad bars. Like he, he notes that one of the defining, <clears throat> um, uh, symptoms of an affirmed, affirming person or an affirmed person is openness, mm. which I thought was really beautiful. And he used the example of Pope John the 23rd, um, and, and he gave several examples, like when he met the Kennedys, for example, apparently Pope John the 23rd, before he went to meet the Kennedys, um, asked, you know, his secretary or whatever, what's the appropriate term? How do I greet um, Jacqueline Kennedy? And they said, you know, Madam President or Mrs. Kennedy would be fine. And he opened the door and just completely spontaneously, he threw his arms open and said, oh, Jacqueline, <laughs> and gave her a big hug. And in her own just like receptivity of him, hugged him right back. Right. So just these like simple little fun examples. But um, and, and I think we can think of those people, you know, for me, it was a priest that I that I studied under um, when I was in Rome named Father Carolla. His ability to be so present to all of us simultaneously right. I don't I, I still to this day have no idea how I felt so loved by him mm. as one amidst you know Many. 30 30 40 other students by, by the way I was struck by that when you mentioned uh, the sister the example of sister Miriam sister Miriam yeah like, um, just like being present one I'm definitely not perfect but I, I I can visualize what it means to be present to yeah. a single person right now, yeah. but how to be present to dozens or even hundreds where they're all going to, as you described with sister, uh, where, where they would all feel that I'm present to them is just, it just blow my, blows my mind. If that's not the Holy Spirit, I don't know right. what is. Right. Like the Holy Spirit who duplicates right. the loaves and the fishes, like he duplicates presence right. um, in such a powerful way. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's it's really... It's so attractive. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. So attractive. And I think when we talk about um, missionary discipleship through God's love, one of the things that I always think of is just how can we be more of a bridge rather than an obstacle yep. for other people to encounter Christ? Yep. And part of what it means to be a bridge is to be a living witness, which is unbelievably magnetic. It's right. A, it's absolutely. attractive. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, how can my presence as an affirmed person, by the way, I have to do my own work first yep. to make sure that I'm really living in that reality because if I don't know who I am, if I feel unseen, unknown, unwanted, um, it's going to be really difficult for me to be able to give that to the other. Like I need to receive that first and foremost as my identity, as a beloved, um, from the Lord and from people in my life. Like it's, it's, and I think that's really critical. Like this comes from the Lord and it comes from the way in which he operates in the world, which is through you and me, um, primarily. So we've got about half a minute left, Emily. Oh my so gosh, you, I, I talk know, about I this all day. <laughs> I know. So, but we'll have to have you back at some point for episode. I don't know, five, maybe five fifty-five, because then the numbers would all be <laughs> oh, the nuts same. Again, I would love that. Um, so you mentioned Conrad Bars, who uh, has passed away, but his daughter Suzanne, I think Bars, it's Suzanne Bars, yeah, um, are are two um, two particular 
scholars, thinkers on this, writers on this, uh, anybody, any other resources come to mind in the next 10 seconds that you might recommend? Yeah, the only ones I would say is um, the JP2 Healing Center's work, Be Healed, Be Restored. Some of those I think are really good places to start as well, to just take a deeper look at where are some of these wounds and how do I... experience restoration we'll have you back in 11 episodes Emily I can't wait <laughs> thanks Emily and folks that will wrap up, wrap up this episode again you can email us ignition at sfcatholic.org with any questions about today's episode or ideas for future ones until next time may God bless you